Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Find a else. place to get answers. Get We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and call uh, in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, is the number. Give me a call, and let's grow in grace together. Uh, I am having a little bit of technology problems, so please be patient with me. I'm starting off the show and still trying to figure out this technology issue as we speak, so I'm not sure why um, my call screen is not working, but I'm going to, it's on my computer. Something's wrong with my computer. 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions, and of course, you can also, uh, you can also contact me via text. And you can text me, 720-336-0897, and you can text us there. It is dedicated, so if you call that number, it'll ring, but it will not, um, it will not answer, and we won't get any voicemails, so don't... Um, don't email us there because uh, we won't be able to to get it. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. And 720 Hey, we have a very, very special evening scheduled for you here at Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. We have missionaries from Brazil here tonight, uh, long-term families from our church, uh, Kyle and Krista Fox, and he's going to be bringing a message on stepping out in faith. I'm very encouraged to hear it, to receive it, Uh, so come on out tonight, 7 p.m. We'll be here. And we're going to worship together. We're going to have communion together. We're going to uh, we're going to pray together, and and then we are going to uh, we're going to study the Bible together and get an update of all that God's doing in Brazil. Um, Kyle and Krista just have an amazing testimony. Uh, the Lord is doing great things uh, in their lives and in their ministry. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to the update. Um, you know, I've been, I have been, uh, I have been communicating with him regularly, but I am looking forward to hearing it uh, firsthand and being able to see them. Um, I know that, uh, I know that the Lord is doing great things in and through their ministry. So, give me a call three zero three. 
690-3000. I am um, still having technical problems. I'm probably just going to let it go in a minute. Um, but we will find out uh, what the Lord has for us. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, taking your calls and your questions. Um, you want more information on our church? Go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church, and all the information you need to connect with us as a church is there, and I think I got it fixed. Yay! All right, I'm, I'm okay. 303-690-3000. Uh, come on out, 7 o'clock, Kyle and Krista Fox. Uh, I feel I got a fresh wind. <laughs> I got this thing fixed. Uh, it's like, oh, I don't know about you. Maybe you got to call and tell me, yeah, I know what it's like to have um, technology issues. Uh, technology is wonderful when it works. Um, and we had a great time yesterday uh, videotaping, and I guess we don't tape anymore, but videoing uh, Marie and I just talking about some of the early days of our church, uh, what it was to be called out here, uh, what it is, you know, what do we see the future? Uh, man, I was so encouraged. It, it, that, that time so encouraged me. Um, and I'm grateful for Frank and Ian investing their time and just thinking this through as we celebrate 20 years of ministry uh, later this year. And we're putting a video together and putting a service together. Um, pretty amazing. 303-690-3000. And... Let me get to a text question. I'm going to go to the phone lines uh, because uh, I want you guys to know my Skype is up now, uh, so we can use that. And I see that. And I, I want to text. I want to start with this um, question via text because it's really good. Uh, if you made horrible mistake and you walked out on your wife and family, and it's been over 15 days, do you think it's possible to reconcile? Yes, yes, yes. It is absolutely possible. And it all begins with forgiveness. And here's what you need to do. Uh, You need to pray, asking God to break your heart. And you may already be there. And as you have a newfound brokenness over your broken heart, you need to contact God your spouse that you walked out on and you need to ask for forgiveness. And asking for forgiveness is this. Don't give, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Even if you generally mean it that way, I'm sorry. Instead, use the phrase, will you forgive me for and state the sin that you committed? For example, uh, we've been in situations before where someone literally said, Uh, I'm sorry if something I did might have hurt you. What? What kind of apology is that? You're sorry if something you might have done hurt us? No, what you did was wrong and sinful. And instead of saying, I'm sorry for something I might have done that you're hurt and upset now, the right answer is, or the right response is, will you forgive me? for sinning against you, for lying about you, for spreading false rumors, for um, being deceptive, you name it. Uh, 
be specific and ask for specific forgiveness for a specific sin and you'll be free. So yes, it's possible to reconcile. Do it. 303-690-3000 is the number. All our technology is up and working. Praise God for that. The team is here. Everything seems to be flowing. And I'm going to go to my call screen and we're going to go to line one is Alora in Aurora, Colorado. Alora, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey. I want to make this really quick. Okay, great. I just um, need some prayers. My husband and I have been looking for a house for a few months now down in Colorado Springs. We're transitioning over there. And every offer month, I mean, I've been doing this since May, has been rejected. And I know it's because the Lord has a bigger plan and a better place. And I want him to be in the middle of whatever it is. Sure that we do receive, but I'm really frustrated, and we actually don't have a home right now. We're not homeless, homeless. We're staying in between, you know, family members' homes, and it's really hard and stressful. We are blessed to be able to buy a house, and we know that. And We're just really hoping to just get this over with already, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Well, the good news is um, this. As a believer in Jesus Christ, he is in the middle of it all, even the difficulties, and using them to really reveal to you parts of your feelings and flesh and other things where surrender and, and, and sacrifice are needed, just like you're doing. You're just asking to pray. You're laying it before him. Um, you're, you're praying. You're asking to pray, um, and you're well on your way to exactly where God wants you to be. And it is frustrating, and it is difficult, and even God uses the frustrations. You know, we're, uh, we're so used to everything going our way. And I know it's hard, you know, some folks listening in saying, well, man, I've had a hard life. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's true. We've all had hard lives to some degree. But the reality is, is that God has been very gracious and very care. He's been very good to us. And, Very. And we, we, we lose sight no of that. no doubt in my mind on that. He's been and, so good to me. And I'm thinking of this verse, and here's something you're learning. Let me, let me, I don't even have my, I had an appointment right up until the program. That's why everything's backed up on me, because um, oh. uh, I, I scheduled it that way, but I forgot to get things in order beforehand. And, and so let me, um, let me see here. Uh, he, Paul talked about, Paul talked about learning. So let me find that word. You're learning contentment, and Paul put it this way, so let me see if I can find it in Corinthians. He is describing his life, and he is saying he knows how to abound, and he knows how to be abased. And, you know, basically he's saying, I know how to have everything go my way is in Philippians chapter 4. I know how to everything go my way, and I know how to have nothing go my way. And he says, at this moment, I have all that I need more than I need. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus. They're a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable to God and pleases Him. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs for, uh, from His glorious riches, and which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now glory be to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Now, that's not the verse I was looking for, but it's really good for you. <laughs> That's really encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> um, God's going to supply all of your needs. That's a promise. That's like a word from the Lord. I, I went to the wrong verse, but it was for you. It was perfect. <laughs> so let me share with the one I was thinking Thank of, you. which also could be for me. He says, 
how grateful I am. This is Philippians 4.10. How grateful I am and how I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know that you've always been concerned for me, but for a while you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to get along happily whether I have much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. And, you know, that, that's really the essence of, of where you are. You're learning to live with little or much, and you're learning that you can do everything through Christ and that he supplies all of your needs. And so let's pray. I love that verse. It's so good. I read, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it's even a fresher approach to it. I like that. Um, not that I love this phrase, not that I was ever in need. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what yeah. a great way to look at the difficulties in your life. Because God, ha- God has given us all that we need, right? The Bible says in the Psalms that God withholds no good thing from those who live uprightly. I have no doubt that I have more than everything I need, and I hesitated calling in because this is such a a blessing on itself to even be in this spot right now. Yes. And and blessing on blessing that I have never been able to, I haven't ever, this is my first time accomplishing this. Yes, it's big. And my husband and I have come from such a far place, and we, mm. you know, just, I am so blessed to even be in this situation, and I know that. And it's perfectly okay. I just okay. want to give up right now. Yeah. And it's... I was listening to Bible study today, and I was like, oh, okay, don't jump ship. All right, mm. I'm not going to jump ship, but I, I want to. I just want to be like, you know what? We're going to keep renting because I'm done. I want to keep yes. looking. I don't want to keep doing this. Well, and it may be a season of renting. You know, it may be a season of renting, getting settled, finding a neighborhood. I mean, it could be a variety of things. Uh, and, and you calling is, is a good thing because the Bible says that we're to pray in all things. Like we're to pray without ceasing and to lay these things because where you live and and how you live, you know, whether God's will for a mortgage or rent, has everything to do with connecting you with people. That's the whole point. I know it's where you live, and, mm-hmm. and I know it's where your family's going to grow, but the reality is, is it's going to be your new neighbors, it's going to be your new loan agent, it's going to be your new real estate agent. I mean, I remember when we moved here in 1999 from California, I was so stressed out. The market was what it, the way it is now, but l- far less houses. Yeah. Like, it was... We were getting outbid five, six, seven times. Like it was out of control. And Marie and I were arguing and, and I was so stressed out. I had a new job. And I mean, we, we got we got into such a bad argument on one of the streets looking at some house that the that the real estate agent who wasn't a believer was just kind of shaking his head that, like he backed off because we were just like, I had enough. It was me more than Marie. I just had enough. But we were able to go back. I was able to go back to that real estate agent, apologize. Um, you know, he was very understanding. We had a friendship just not till not too long ago, sharing the love of Jesus. And it was amazing. So it's the people, it's the people God's putting you in front of people and you will have a roof over your head and it will be from the Lord. So let's pray. Father, I pray for my sister as you lead and guide her and her husband in this new, exciting time in her life. I pray God that you would give her wisdom on and open doors that for these houses that it really is actually not houses it's the house like the house um to to settle their family in this new season and so i pray god that you would strengthen uh my sister and give her the resolve to continue on 
waiting for you, um, knowing that you're going to provide all that you need, all that's needed according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you would um, strengthen them through the fight. And we look forward to whatever your answer is, as we pray according to your will, you'll answer us, whatever your answer is, um, that we would rejoice in it and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Talk to you later. All righty. Bye. Bye bye. 303 690 What a great prayer request. I mean, it is good. And I know I get that sense of the hesitation um, to call uh, for a variety of reasons. But fight through the hesitation, no matter if you're listening in Colorado, you're listening in. the East Coast, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, down on Hope FM, Truth FM, wherever you are, it is okay to uh, call and just fight through that hesitation so the Lord would use your call to minister to many others. 303-690-3000. We're going to head off to Maryland. Tina is in Maryland. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I You're appreciate welcome. it. Um I had a question, um, kind of a question and just a kind of a note. So I was wondering what your take is on the church today. Like, um, to me, I mean, I feel like when I hear about other churches in other countries, um, that they seem to be closer to God. I know a lot of Christians are being persecuted and what have you, um, but their faith and what God is doing. I mean, they don't have church buildings, et cetera, et cetera. And here in America... It just seems so different. Um, so I was wondering what your take was. How do you feel like we've gone far from the what the church is supposed to be like? Um, well, I know we're the church, but you know what God is expecting of His of His bride in America. Well, I have mixed feelings about the church in general. I have mixed feelings. I have uh, I have some reservations. Uh, I have some disappointment, and I have some excitement uh, because. Um, the church at large, not just in America, but the church at large, has lost their way and has lost that ability to be the salt and the light. In our own country, um, you know, our own country, you find a parallel between our country and the nation of Israel. And here's the parallel that I see. In times of comfort and ease, uh, the people of God fall away. Uh, they don't see their need mm. for him anymore. They don't see the, the necessity. They begin to trust in their own riches. They begin to trust in their own wisdom. And, and then, then in, within the church itself, in the New Covenant, the leadership is compromised. Um, pastors yeah. and leaders are more interested in building kingdom, their little kingdoms and then instead of building the kingdom of God. And right. um, the, the church easily gets sidetracked in things that aren't relevant um, to the gospel. They forget that we're ministering to people. Um, they have generally believers have a tendency to lose uh, the nuance, the ability to nuance things. Instead, they're, they'd rather take such a harsh stand on a secondary matter that they offend the rest of the church. I mean, I could go on and on, and I have a lot of concerns, right. but I'm also hopeful because any time there's darkness, light shines brighter. And even though through the history of people following God, perhaps with the exception of the book of Acts, where there seems to be a good 90-year history of excitement and evangelism and church planting and missionary fervor, 
And of course, through the years, some of the awaken some of the revivals and awakenings that have come, of which we're part of one. We're part of the most recent well, uh, revival that came in the late '60s, early '70s, known as the Jesus Movement. Uh, but mm-hmm. but that's over now. Now we're where is the next awakening? Where is the next revival? Where what is God? I I want to be a part of what's next not just a part of what's behind us. And so I'm very excited. I'm, I'm very excited for the future. I'm very excited for the power of the gospel. I'm very excited for anyone because God always has a remnant. Have you heard that phrase, remnant, before? Yes. Well, yeah. I've heard it as far as referred to the Jews and such. Yeah, he's, so basically in a general sense, it means there's always a small group of people loyal to him, no matter how bad it is. Okay. And, and we want to be that, that group. We want that small group to grow larger and... But, but I am concerned, but Pastor Chuck Smith taught us something, and I'm glad he told me, uh, taught me this, because I think I would have taken another, uh, another way if I wasn't taught this. But he taught, and he didn't come up with it, he's passing on what he was taught, but he taught us that, that, the, that, that to curse the darkness does not benefit the kingdom of God. But rather, when there's darkness, instead of cursing the darkness— we simply turn on the light and the darkness disappears. Right. And, and I think one of the biggest distractions today among believers is they're getting really good at cursing the darkness, forgetting mm-hmm. about the people that are living in darkness. And it's impossible to curse the dark. Well, let me rephrase that. It's not impossible. It's very difficult to curse the darkness and not include the people that are in darkness. And okay. Instead, Jesus came to shine the light of the gospel. I mean, let's just let Jesus speak for himself. Uh, he told us the mandate, his mandate for coming to the earth. Uh, we know that he came in light of the, being the sacrifice for our sins. We know that he's God in human flesh. We know that he came as the only one, uh, the only way, the only truth, the only life, to lay down his life willingly to forgive you and me of our sins. But what did he do in his time of ministry well, he told us in Luke chapter 4, didn't he? He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has appointed me to preach the good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's where we need to be. And can I just, let me give you a little example of what I mean, what I've tried to describe, and then I'll let you follow okay. up, Okay. I okay. just read that verse from the New Living Translation. And the church has gotten so far away from this mandate that there are literally, I'm sure, people listening to me that are upset that I didn't read that verse from the old King James Version. That's what they're upset about. That they would be upset, and maybe I get an email or I'll call, I can't believe you're using the New Living Translation instead of the <laughs> King James. Or, <laughs> and yeah, I would I say that... Relatives that, that would, yeah, that would... Say the same. <laughs> That's the that that is some that that is a prevailing mindset of people that have lost their way in the church. Yeah. And and you're right. You're right. We are the church. And I have to search my own heart for the weaknesses and the failures in my own life so that I can be more usable in the kingdom because it's not about them, it's about me and my personal relationship with God. And it would be easy for me to even be critical of the other Christians, but I'm, I'm the church, and so like Daniel, like Nehemiah, I ask God for forgiveness for us. Okay. 
Now, would you say also, um, like, I mean, when I hear that, like, in the, again, the other countries where they don't actually have necessarily pastors, but it's like Jesus is the, the leader, the pastor. I mean, how, what is your take on that? Well, I think that there, there is biblical truth to pastors, to, that Jesus Christ is the pastor of the Church. The Bible does say that he's appointed elders and pastors and teachers, that they're actually God's gift to the Church. Uh, but in those cases where there's not a trained person or... Like, that just makes me sad that... I mean, if they're if they're doing it to make a point, like, we don't need a pastor, then they're not being biblical. Like, God gave pastors to the Church. That's what he said. Um, so that they can't just dismiss that. It's it's kind of like, um, you know, that description uh, that you have, like, it's kind of like what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. You know, there were some people that said, I'm of Paul, and other people said, I'm of Cephas. But there was that group that said, oh, no, we're of Jesus. And, I mean, how can you argue with that? That's like, they trumped us all. But, you know, I think that we can go either way, right? We can emphasize following a man too much, and then we can de-emphasize following uh, God's leaders, you know? So... Um, let me just say too, as I've traveled around the country, uh, around the world, God has given me the opportunity to teach at conferences and minister all around the world, including the Middle East. And, and the, the church around the world has problems because sin is a universal issue. Sure. And we ministered to a group of very poor, um, men and women in Egypt. And you know what the pastor was dealing with in that church? That? Gossip lying, um, uh, the same, it's the, I mean, these, uh, let me give you an example. We, we brought some toys to give away uh, to the children, but we were told very specifically, if you're going to bring gifts, you have to bring the same exact gift for every kid. So every car needs to be the same. So we had a brother in our church, very gifted woodworker. He made all these uh, homemade wooden cars. They were amazing. A whole bag of them for us. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Why can't we bring, he wants to make bigger ones, you know, why? And he says, because if you give anything better or bigger to one of the other kids, the families will get mad. They'll start fighting. They'll start talking about each other. They'll try to steal it like believers. <laughs> but that was the yeah. cultural issues that they were wrestling with as God was discipling them into being. So sometimes we romanticize the church, but the church around the world has problems. We just have in, in our United States our own unique problems, but they're all rooted in sin. Okay. Then my, I guess my second question or prayer would be um, um, for someone who is an introvert or might be dealing with depression, social anxiety, and what have you. Yes. Um, what would you say to someone like that? I mean, going to um, a lot of a lot of our churches, it's, it's just, it just seems like they're really made, um, you know, I guess, so to speak, for, for extroverts, or, you know, because you have to really socialize in the way we do things. And Okay, that's such a great question. I only have a minute left, so would you be willing to hold on, because I want to give this a little bit of discussion. Sure, absolutely. Okay, hold on, I'm going to put you on hold, and then right after the break, I'll come back, because that... I can't tell you how many people listening are asking the same exact question. And the way you phrased it, we're going to deal with depression. Uh, we'll deal with that emotion. I'll answer that. Also, this idea of, of being an introvert, I want to answer that. And then the bigger question, how do I fit in in the broader body of Christ? So those are all really good. So hold on a second. Um, I'll okay. be right back. Thank you. Uh, right. Let me hit the right button here. Hold on.
All right. So that, oh man, I, I, that is a good question. And all the lines are full right now, so please wait till someone hangs up and you'll get an open line. But until then, you can text me if you like, 720-336-0897. And uh, what a blessing to be with you today. I know it started off a little rocky because my technology wasn't working, but it's the second time. I even hit the desk. I said, argh, argh. I made a noise. Argh. So frustrating, but we got it fixed. Everything's great. And we'll be back the second half of Calvary Live in just a minute. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, Grace FM is a ministry outreach of the church here, and we carry uh, Calvary Live all throughout Colorado, our station has a signal. Actually, we own two full-power stations that carry a signal that covers about 80% or so of the state's population. Uh, We're very grateful for you to join us, and we are asking you, and I will try to remember this every time, we are asking you to financially support us. Uh, Other stations uh, go to great lengths to ask, and I just ask every once in a while uh, on the show, and then have little spots running, but we do need your regular ongoing support. So go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, donate and do something regular and recurring. Uh, It will go for the gospel and rewards will be accounted to you for the lives that are changed through Grace FM. And and just hearing how people use Grace FM as a tool for evangelism and how they grow and being discipled, it's like seminary on the air, but for free. Uh, and it is free, whether you give or not. Radio is free, and uh, it is an outreach of the church here, and it, it would be amazing if, uh, if you supported us and partnered with us. Just go to gracefm.com, hit the donate button, and take it. they'll take it from there. And of course, if you're listening on Truth FM or Hope FM, uh, donate to your local Christian radio, please. All right, so we're going to go back to our phone lines because we had a phone uh, we're right in the middle of a great question uh, from uh, Tina in Maryland, right? Yes. Welcome back, Tina. Thank you. And so there were three parts to your question. Why don't you, uh, for the sake of people just joining us for the second half, if you could just repeat it, and, and we'll work through the, the issues with you. Uh, so my question would be that, you know, your stance or what would you say for, for someone who's an introvert and dealing with depression and social anxiety? Um, what, you know, what, uh, the way our churches are, I guess, created today in America, I mean, what would you say to those folks? Well, let's start with, I, I like the last part, like, is the most important part, and and this may be uncomfortable. Are we talking about you? Is that okay? Is that is it okay to say It is. This I is mean, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay, it, so... I mean, because I, I've had, yeah, because it's really tough for me. I always find excuses to go to, to a place for a while and then leave. <laughs> yeah, so let's break but, down yeah, some so of these thoughts. Yeah, we're talking about me. <laughs> um, let, let's break down some of the thoughts, and then we'll see where where your follow up is. First of all, Jesus Himself created the church. 
Uh, he, he, it, this is the church is a is is a God idea. Uh, it it is right. his desire for his creation. Uh, it, it would be like I know it's not the best of um, it's not the best of examples, but it would be like your living room. You know, you put the couch where you put it. You put the table where you put it. You put the lamp. You even chose the couch. You like because that's your living room, and that's what you intend for your living room. Does that make sense? Yeah. So God intended us to be in relationship with one another. That that is His idea. It's not the church in America. It's not the church in France. Like it is the church. It's God's idea. Which brings us. So, are you with me? Okay. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that biblical truth? Yes. Okay. I so, mean, I, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I do understand that. So, let I me even put it more that. personal. <laughs> God made the church for you. He made you for for relationship and community. Are you okay with that? Um. Yes. Like one on one or a very small group. Yes. Okay. So that's I mean, fine. I yes. I mean, I understand that. That's what he his church is intended. Right, so at this point, yeah. you're you, at this point, you're still you agree with God that there's a place for you in the church. Yeah, yes, I, mean, <laughs> I know it's hard. According to His word, <laughs> according to His word, yes. <laughs> I know it's hard, but it's better to be. It's better to personalize it because there, and because even if you're not okay with it, I'm okay with you not being okay with it. But the, it is the truth. There is a place for you in the church, for you, for your introversion, your the issues with your emotions, um, your excuse-making, like, you can come as you are. And even if you're not comfortable with meeting anyone yet, or, you know, even if it's been, like, well, Ed, it's been like that for years, well, this phone call might be a turning point in your life, but there's room for you. You're not a bad Christian because you're wrestling with these things. So, number one, God created the church, and he created you and me for community. Now, let me give you something that might be a little surprising to you. Yeah. Would you believe that a pastor could be introverted? Yes. Do you know that yes. most pastors have that tendency? Not all, but most. Mm. Not maybe not to the degree you have, but a degree of introversion. That um, let me even make it more personal. Do you know that that's how I default? I'm more of an introvert myself. I, mm. if you ask me what I would like to do or what would energize me. I, I would love to be in my room reading a book or reading the Bible. Like, I, I, I am okay if I'm alone. I, it's, I'm okay. I, I'm not one of those people that gets charged up by a group or a crowd. Um, I'm actually the kind of person that gets, uh, my energy gets depleted in a crowd. I leave a, a large gathering more tired than when I first came. And... That's how God made me. And do you know God called me to lead a church of many, many people? And, and how do you deal with that? God said, just deal with it. No, he didn't, he didn't say that. But, <laughs> um, well, I, I, I have learned that I can, I can serve God one of two ways. I can serve God in my own resources and my own strength and my own wisdom and my own mind. Or I could serve him by su- surrendering my life to him Right. And letting him use me with people. Now, I, I do like people, so I'm not one of those that, and I don't think you are either, so I'm not, I'm just speaking for myself right now so that you can, like, you're not alone. Like, you're not the only one who feels these things. And wait till we get to depression. I'll ask, I'll, I'll answer that in a second too. That, like, 
I, I love people, and I love serving people, and I love praying for people, and I love teaching the Bible, and I love leading. I love all of these things. God has put me on the earth for that. Um, but I've learned to love them, and I've learned. You know, before I was saved, I was kind of like um, all over the place, and you know, um, but I was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't real. Like the real me was more, um, more introverted. My wife is even more introverted than me. And I heard her, we were doing some interviews yesterday, and I heard her talk, describe herself as introvert. Now, if you were to look at her, you would say she's just full of life and personality, and, and she is, but she is also similar to me. I guess that's why we connect so well. Like, she can read a book, and I can read a book, and we're great. Uh, and, but, like, I have come to this conclusion in my life that my life doesn't belong to me. Like right. I, I, God gave me my ch- a chance with my life, and I almost destroyed it. And then He saved me, and through His, through me being born again. Um, now I don't have social anxiety; I don't have that. So, like crowds don't make me nervous. Or um, uh, although we were at a time in Israel um, where we were on a tour, and they it was Ramadan, and they closed the gates, and there was a massive amount of people. I was scared there. My wife was really scared. I was a little scared there. So, but I don't have social anxiety in that sense. Like, uh, I'm not afraid of crowds, um, and even God could heal you of that too. Like, I'm not afraid of crowds. So, so I just wanted you to know that you're like even people that look like they don't have a problem, we all have problems. Sure. And God has enabled us over the time. And then when it comes to depression, this is going to be a little harder. Um, to hear, um, because I, I want to help you with with a few things. Because depression is real, you know that sense of sorrow and sadness. It's it's real. It's there's two types of depression uh, I've learned. One is um, physiological, like it's in the brain, and the other one is more situational. And depression comes because of a, a hard situation. Some people, it's both, um, because of a long life and a long hard issue of depression. But, but here's the thing, we can also make depression worse by not obeying God. And I don't want to sound trite. I'm not saying obeying God will, do, will eliminate your depression at all. And I'm not saying you're a bad Christian, that you haven't, been, you haven't been obeying God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying depression is very dangerous if we're dealing with it on the away from God, like going backwards, because it becomes, it's, it's a very self absorbing emotion. Have you found that to be true? Yes. And I found it to be true. You know, after the loss of my son, uh, depression hit me pretty hard, and I made it worse. I personally made it worse. Um, There was a season there in the early days where I became very self-absorbed, and the cycle of self always ends in death. And I don't mean suicide. I just mean, like, it just death of relationships, death of hope, death of wanting to go out of the house, get out of bed. Like, it can be very self-absorbing. And I know you're not there. I can tell you're not there because you called this show. And so you're not where I'm describing. I'm just warning those listening in that we have to be open for people to speak into our lives and bring encouragement into our lives um, to help us get through the difficulties. And and so what would I say to the church and the depressed? It's okay for the depressed to come to church sad. It's okay. I actually taught a series. I'm, I'm working on a book right now 
but I taught a series, a Bible study series on this very topic. It's uh, we're titling the book um, "Help for the Troubled Heart," and and I touch on this because I'm living proof that God can still use you when you're depressed. As a matter of fact, in some cases, that that depression of your emotions and feelings actually opens the door for God to show his grace in a more powerful way. But I think listening to you and the way you framed your question, and you can just say, forget it, Pastor, you got it all wrong, but I'm going to suggest that part of the depression that you've been going through has become a, and I want to be careful here, you got to trust me on this, it's become a convenient reason to keep people at arm's length. That makes sense. I mean, I feel like I, I have and in a lot of areas of my life, yes. And that's that's a dangerous place to be, because the Bible says that those of us that choose to isolate ourselves uh, are not wise. And that, I mean, the Bible just is so clear. Yeah. And, and, and so the, the, the steps of healing is actually what you're doing right now, the steps of healing. And I want you to email me and anyone else that's listening, because I have some great resources that can plant some tremendous, truthful, biblical seeds in your life in, rela- in relation to depression. And, and may, we, may God forgive us as the church of making such a stigma toward depression. It is, that's wrong. Like, and to some degree, it doesn't even, won't even let anybody talk about it in the church. Like, you're some substandard Christian. You're not. Everybody was born with a broken brain. And, and, it, and it gets harder the older we get um, because the more trauma and tragedy we experience. And we should be talking about these things. We should be so, because more lives will be saved when truth is inserted to very difficult situations. And, and that's what God's doing in your heart right now. And I want you to email me because some rec- I've read a lot about this. I've been, uh, I've been learning about grief, sorrow, depression uh, for six years now. And uh, God has has really helped me to be more empathetic, more compassionate, and more helpful. And, and I, I have, I'm not going to give you a list of all the books I read, but I'll give you the best of the best. Okay. I will email you, definitely. Do you already and have my I, email address? I know you've given it out before. Okay, I have a new one. If you can give it... Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, it's an easier one to remember. It's ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at edtaylor.org. Okay. Yeah, it has to be .org because .com belongs to a professional Santa Claus. Okay, I do remember you saying and that. Santa doesn't answer Bible questions. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm glad you're laughing because like, this call is the beginning of freedom in your life. This is, like, I'm, there's hope. I received that, yeah. Like, like, you know, there's proverbial light at the end of the tunnel because Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Jesus was a man who was isolated and pressed away from society. Uh, Jesus was a man, although I don't think we would, I would never assign Jesus with some kind of anxiety disorder, but he wasn't impressed by crowds. Like he likes smaller groups himself, if you notice. Did you know that Jesus likes smaller groups? He was involved in crowds and he ministered to crowds and he was always surrounded by crowds, but he also ministered in groups of three, groups of 12, groups of 70, like like Jesus had that perspective too. It w- I don't again. I don't think the motive was anxiety, but but you know the Bible has an answer for anxiety. And, and I I just want you to watch in these episodes that you have in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, a couple things. Number one, have you have you have you gone to a doctor yet to see if it is anything physiological? I I haven't. No one's ever diagnosed me. Um, it's hard to find someone to even do that these days. I mean, I'm just on medication. My you know for my primary care, and I see a Christian counselor, but no one. I don't even know how to be diagnosed. But from what they said, that's pretty much. From what I describe, but yes. I don't know how else they can really diagnose a person. And, and <laughs> I don't either. I don't know how I, they find out yeah. where the different places in the brain, because that's what the medication shoots for, these different places in the brain. And and maybe for a second opinion, maybe, like, we don't, I don't have recommendations of uh, Christian therapists or doctors, but, but if you call Focus on the Family, okay. they have a list of vetted doctors um, that are available that maybe the Lord would lead you because if it is physiological, then then a lot of that, you know, will it'll just because you know as well as I do, this also comes with condemnation. Then you beat yourself up. You think, oh, I should be a better person. Why am mm-hmm. I so messed up? But like we're all messed up. And if you had a broken leg, you'd go to a doctor. Um, right. Let me read to you. A, um, it reminded me of a friend of ours um, who wrote a book on. It's one of the books I'm going to recommend to you. So let me. Um, look it up. She says this about medication. And again, I, I believe, the, just to be clear for everyone listening, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, uh, 100%. Uh, that, that There's no question in my mind that God heals. I've seen yeah. him heal. I've watched him heal. Uh, and I, I know that to be true. But I also know that when people get a headache, they take Tylenol. And that's not a lack of faith. Like, God has provided resources to us today in a variety of ways. If you break your arm, you don't just speak to it, heal. You go to a doctor, they cast it up. Um, God right. uses doctors. So she writes, let me give you a few things she says. First of all, number one, she says, there is no ordinary depression for each individual, but it is and has always been ordinary to the human condition. Um, he, she says, um, and this is the, the phrase that I thought was so powerful and life-giving. She says, there is nothing spiritual about denying the wisdom of God, the wisdom God has dispensed to the medical community to save undue misery. That is not faith, it is foolishness. And then she says, the soul, however, especially in regard to that kind of depression that immobilizes, debilitates, and renders an individual non-functioning, is God's exclusive territory. And... Mm. Medications may assuage or heal physical pain or stabilize a mind reeling from shock, but they cannot heal the soul from wrong that seems oft so strong. God's word stakes the claim that it can. And it does. And I, I am, I'm living proof of the pain and wrestling that I've had. That even some of the causes, some of the ongoing attacks, some of the ongoing um, things external to me are still happening. They're still happening. Even as I speak, they're still happening. Um, there's still a lot of drama surrounding my life. But, okay. but God has done a great work inside of me. And mm-hmm. let the drama be. But I haven't had a significant depressive episode in two years. That's awesome. And God has just been so faithful. I've been sad. I've been, you know, I've been upset. I've been frustrated. Like, you know, all of those types of things. Um, but hopefully without sin. But even if there was sin, I, I repented of it. And, and back to the overall question, you know, and the overall 
There is a place for you in the body of Christ. You don't have to conform to someone's image of you. You are a daughter of the king. He will play. If you don't want to go to a big event, you don't have to go to a big event. If you visit a small fellowship and you don't feel comfortable there, you can visit another one. But there is coming a day, and I think that's what the beginning of this conversation, this phone call is, there is coming a day where you are going to have to submit yourself to God and trust Him. I keep, in my head, I tell myself that I, I think I'm doing that, but when I feel the way that I do, it's like, I know we're not supposed to go feeling, but when I feel the way that I do, I'm like, okay, I must not be submitting. Well, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Feelings are real, and they're powerful, and they're overwhelming, but they don't always tell us the truth, so why do we give them so much attention? Yeah. And, and you're, it's a training exercise. Like, like, the Bible, like the Bible has an answer because the Bible tells us that in the power, as we abide in Christ, uh, as, and I'm going to give you another, I'm going to give you another resource um, um, with these depression resources. And I see a lot of people are emailing, so just email me. I'll send them to you, ed at okay. edtaylor.org. But I'm going to give you another resource on learning how to abide. It's kind of a, man, it's such a powerful book I wish I had in the early days. Um, but the, this this is something like the Bible speaks to exactly what you're going to, um, what you're going through, and people too. It's in Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five. It says that though we walk in the flesh, we don't war against according to the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every Amen. thought and all those things that are pulling down strongholds and all those things that are arguing against the love and grace of God in your life, that he's going to be with you even when you feel uncomfortable. And he's going to be with you when, you know, I, we started praying here on Wednesday nights and we were asking people to pray in small groups. Do you know what that did to our Wednesday night service? Did it, it explode? No, it emptied. Oh. It emptied out. And, oh. and and it emptied out because people didn't want to pray together. They were embarrassed and they're, they're, oh yeah. Okay. They didn't want to open up. They didn't they just didn't want to do it. They didn't I thought maybe the opposite if they got well, it's, together. It's, it's, it's growing back. Like it's coming but... <laughs> back because pastors don't do stuff because they're afraid it'll empty out. But like we, we gotta pray. We gotta do what God tells us to do. And the people that God wants here we're gonna have here. But he, let me say this. Yeah. Um I I'm not, I, I wish it didn't empty out for sure, but if my dad, he's in heaven now, but if my dad came to our church, he would have stopped coming Wednesday nights because that's how he was. He didn't want, he, it would have terrified him, a grown man, he, he, to, to pray with somebody, to share a part of his life. He was such a private man. Even with us, he was very private. But I would have been on the phone with him I would have been at his house saying, it's okay, Dad, let's do it. This is a great step for you. And I'm sure over time he would have listened to me mm-hmm. and and he would have stepped in by faith and just did whatever he needed to do inside, you know, to deal with all his feelings. And I know he would have loved it. And I, it just sounds like that's where you are. That's why you're calling. It just sounds like that's that's where you are because you're you're ready to take the step, but then like you're gonna, you're only looking back to all your failures. Well, I'll just fail again, you know, and I'll just. But God, you're poised for, for great victory, um, if you will, 
trust God and walk by faith, right? Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. And when you lean on your feelings, when you listen to them, when you walk by sight and not by faith, it's impossible to please God for all of us. Okay. And, and one more thing. Mm-hmm. You are missing out on the life of the body of Christ. You are missing a key component in your Christian life. But let me say this. The bigger loss is that we are missing out on all that you have to offer the body of Christ. And and we don't even know all you have to offer yet. But it's discovered in community and fellowship. Amen. I'll take that. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for taking the time and just speaking with me and, and, and speaking life. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Let me pray for you. Okay, thank you. Father, we pray for our sister and uh, many others that resonated with this particular question and this season of life. Um, I pray for victory, God. Your word says that you always lead us in victory. And, and yet I also am reminded of the children of Israel when they were entering into the promised land you told them that you weren't going to give it to them all at once. It was going to be little by little. And you were going to do things little by little because they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been able to handle it all. And, um, you know, it's just so encouraging that, um, the, that, that you would be faithful to us and that you love our sister even though, you know, she's having a hard time uh, with life. She's having a hard time in her mind. She's having a hard time with anxiety and that you would just enable her by your spirit. It's not on her shoulders to do this. It's not by her performance. It's not like, even if she hangs up, Lord, don't let the enemy lie to her like it's all dependent upon her. You live in her. You love her. And you will enable her, even as you are right now, to take those steps of faith where you'll meet her there little by little and give her victory as she looks back on this season of her life and is a contributing part of the body of Christ. So bless her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. All right, email me. I'll send you some stuff. Okay, will do. All right, bye-bye. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye. All right, well, let's see. I'm gonna, I know we took most of the section that, so I'm going to try to get to Julian. Uh, hey, Julian in Denver. I know I don't have much time, but let's see if we can gra- grab this question. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? Um... I just had a question about God and Jesus. Um, right. Since God is the Father and yes. Jesus is the Son, does that make God greater than Jesus is, or are they like equal? Yeah, they're, they're equal in nature, right? So think of it this way. Um, there's a fancy Bible word for that. It's called ontological, and that means in their very nature. And so they are equal in nature, and yet According to Philippians, Jesus, he made himself of no reputation when he came to the earth, and so there's a, a functional difference between them. God is the Father, Jesus is the Son, he is the one that cruci- that was crucified and died for our sins. The, the way that I would describe it is, do you, do you work? Do you have a job? Yes, sir. Do you have a boss? Yes, sir. Is your boss greater than you? No. <laughs> In some ways, he is, right? Because he has authority he has responsibility, but as a man, I mean, is your boss a man? 
Yes, sir. You're a man? Yes, sir. Is he greater than you as a man? No, he's not. No, you share the same nature. Uh, but he has a different role and function in at work. And that's what's trying to be described within the Bible when it comes to the roles of even the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit always pointing others to Jesus Christ. That is the role of the Holy Spirit, always pointing to Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one that was crucified for our sins, and God the Father uh, is the person that is has given his Son on our behalf. And so um, I did a series on the Trinity and dealt with this topic because it's a good question. Um, but when you yeah. when we think of greater, we only we kind of think of better and worse. But it's actually more than just better and worse. It's this is a statement not of better or worse, but in function. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Good question. Thanks for hanging on. We're back yes, to sir. the Thank music you, already. God bless you, man. You too. All right, bye bye. Hey, thanks for sticking around. I know uh, that the topic took the second half of the program, but I believe that was God ordained. Uh, judging from my email. If you want information on depression, I see a lot of people emailing me. Send an email to ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. Ask for the resources. I'll put them together. I'll either respond tonight, but we have service tonight, or tomorrow. I'll get you these resources. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of the big work that God is doing in your life. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.